The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And my good friend Diamond Dallas Page back on Talk is Jericho with some pretty awesome stories about Macho Man Randy Savage. The end of WCW, Dallas's short run in the WWE. He was only there for a year, hard to believe. He's also talking about his WWE Hall of Fame induction, how he found out about it. He's got the best story about the first time he ever met The Rock. It was in 1993 in Toronto, Canada. And wait till you hear exactly where it was and what Dallas said to Rocky's classic. Dallas also going to tell you how you can win $1 million cold, hard cash just for owning your life and getting on the path to healthier living. DDPY is literally giving you the opportunity to change your life in more ways than one with the positively unstoppable and challenge. So we're going to hear all about what inspired this crazy cash giveaway. And of course, we're talking all about his new book, Positively Unstoppable, which is out now on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. Go to PositivelyUnstoppable.com to sign up for the Positively Unstoppable Challenge. You've only got another uh, day or so. Go check it out now. Uh, and you could win a million dollars. Right now, let's kick it off with the return of Diamond Dallas Page. The first time he's ever been on by himself, though, and he's amazing. He's here on Talk is Jericho now. All right, so uh, downtown Atlanta with uh, Diamond Dallas Page, who I haven't seen since the Jericho cruise. What a cruise. And <laughs> your uh, yoga. Um, My what? Your DDPY, sorry. <laughs> you sound like Vince McMahon. Hey, Vince, I don't know if uh, I should lose the, the, the belt. The what? <laughs> sorry, the title. Or the championship belt. Okay. Hey, but when I was back in back in WWF, no, 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 WWE. Right. Um, but it was WWF back then. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's my psychology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't say uh, belt because a belt is what you right. use to hold up your pants. Right, yep. You couldn't say fans because right. it's the WWE universe. And never say marks. Oh, I didn't Christ, know that one. They're not marks. They're our fans. And the other one is uh, the job. Mm. We do favors here. <laughs> Not jobs. <laughs> it works. The Vince verbiage. So when we were when we were uh, your DDPY uh, um, workouts, right? I, I, it was even more than that. I, I was I was gonna say exhibition, but it was a workout. But it was seemed like more than that because every day it was packed. Man, my wife Brenda was expecting maybe 
you know, 30, 40 people. Right. That's, you know, for a cruise, you know, like when we do workshops, we always do like 100 people. Mm. Had as many as 172 in Canada. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. In, in Guelph, uh, Guelph. Guelph, Ontario. Guelph, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Right. My buddy uh, Marcel Doré, he's a doctor, MD. Cat's an MD up there, got certified to teach DDP yoga. Hmm. I mean, phenomenal. He's like the head of my medical area we're, we're developing right now because we're dealing with so many different types of people, but seniors is where this really is effective, especially with our whole DDPY rebuild program. So I've had them, different people calling me up. So where are you certified? In life, for starters. <laughs> but uh, let, let me put you over to my medical people, which I've got like probably nine different doctors that of all different types, you know, a lot of chiropractors, um, but, you know, also uh, ears, nice and throat guy. I got a guy who's a dentist. Like these are guys who are, you know, doctors who got registered. Well, why I, I'm teaching. And then, uh, you know, so Marcel has, has been amazing. He's got big classes up there all the time. And we had just got come off of all in where we did 169 people that were paid to come in, and it was too big. So you did a workout at, at uh, StarCast? At StarCast, yes. Card wow. Okay, well, we're, and we'll do it again, because I know they got the new one mm-hmm. getting ready to pop. Um, but we did it at StarCast, and Conrad called me up. That's back when Conrad was going to have like 12 different things, like meet DNWO. They were, you know, he's going to do different you know, theme party type right, things yeah, that exactly. people could come to and enjoy. And he's going to have 20 of the boys. Well, that 20 turned into like 120 of the boys and like 41 different events he had. Yeah, it was crazy. Crazy. I I walked up to now his wife, Megan, uh, and I just- Rick's daughter. Yeah, Rick's Rick's daughter. Rick's daughter, yeah. And I just walked up and hugged her. I said, you look like you could use this. She goes, DDP, I need this so bad. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was a phenomenon. You know, that, that what happened there. And then we all know mm-hmm. what's happened since then. It's like crazy. But um, but I found the same thing on the cruise, just what you're absolutely. saying. Like thinking, because I remember I was I, the, where I, my cabin was looking down at the area. And I was like, okay, well, let me just look out the window and see who's out there doing DDPY. And it was the whole uh, uh, deck was packed. And there was people even in the upper deck. <laughs> Doing it as well, including Mark Willis, my partner, Art Fozzi's manager. He did it all three days. There, there was over, we counted, we we counted up over two hundred and ten. That's people. amazing. It was amazing it was on a amazing. cruise where everyone's drinking and partying, and they're up at ten a.m. or eleven a.m. to do do DDPY with you. It, it was it was so it was so amazing, and the energy of that whole cruise of what you put on there, dude. And I got to say, Chris gave me the most tricked out room in the place. My wife was like, oh, my God, oversaw everything. But on the next one, I want to be a little bit to the back because the other side of that, you know, being a six going to be 63 years young, but 63, you know, this it, it was unbelievable view, unbelievable spot. But the the bump. Boom! The old basement. Boom! The sound check around three o'clock. Oh, then the, the band plays at five to show. <laughs> to then the wrestling starts. Wow! 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 Then the band comes back, and my wife did. She loved it. I'm like, baby, I just need some, you know 
I, I, it's like I, I grew up in a nightclub business, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm back then. I love this sound, but now it's a little overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm starting to feel my age. But you know, it's, I saw a couple guys today. I don't want to say their names because I, I, I want to announce anything yet. But I was telling them, listen, you got to talk to DDP because the, the the cabin that I can put you guys in is you know second to none. So the the, the vacation element of it is. Is, is so much a cool thing and being up in that area where you're sequestered but the, like you said it was tricked out like big time the security yeah got, uh, the guys what they're called six um six man six man yeah those guys were the most professionally run crew bro and you know i've been doing this shit for a long time and greg grew up in a nightclub business know what it's like to service people and shit man they were amazing mm-hmm. and they like wouldn't let me go and thank god because you know we're not talking about there might be some wrestling fans there everyone right. <laughs> two thousand wrestling fans <laughs> and all having the time of their lives right and uh but the security the guys you know i dipped them out good on the way out because they mm-hmm. took care of me good time uh, and uh, i just my wife had a great time uh, we were first class treatment mick you know mick was there who uh yeah you know who there, yeah. you know had his kids with him and uh-huh. everything so you know um this year i might want to bring a couple of my girls well you know, yeah for yeah, sure you will be getting a yeah. call from us for the next one but <laughs> i wanted to point. i wanted to talk to you uh about you mentioned all in and also being on the cruise and seeing kind of the ring of honor guys who are now all elite guys more specifically cody because um, I, I was in and out of all in very quickly, as you remember, right. it's kind of sequestered. But I know how close. I didn't even get a chance to say hello. I know. To you. I was <laughs> in and out so fast. I remember I heard Conan outside going, Is Jericho in there? I'm like, hey, dude. But um, <laughs> you were really tight with Dusty. But I know Cody yeah. uh, he talks to you, uh, confides to you. I'm not sure exactly what your relationship is with him. But I know you were at all in for a reason. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'll tell you, that kid. He's Dusty's kid, for <laughs> I mean, sure. I, you know, I, I've known him since he's like 10 years old. Yeah. And um, I've got so many stories with him. The ones that, that pop out, like when, when this whole thing happened and it was the sellout in 29 like minutes. minutes you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I thought it was 10,000. It was 11,000. Right, change, close to 11,000 know? in 30 minutes. In 30 legit, minutes. Yeah. And when people said, so were you surprised? It could, did you, we, did you, no one could have called that. I went, yeah, I get that. I go, but you kind of got to... You got to know some of his backstory. So he would critique matches. I'm talking about 11. I said, so what do you think of the matches today? So who do you think? And he would tell me who as was. As a kid? As a kid. Mm-hmm. As a kid. But talking like me and you talk. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, when he was 14, he was going to be a sophomore. And, I, and Dusty had this little promotion called Turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd always come by and see him and. I was there one time. I wanted to get sit in his ring and do some stuff, and uh, and he was there. I said, "Hey, I always called him Young Buck back then. How crazy is that, right? <laughs> wow, yeah. I mean, always." Yeah. I said, "So, Young Buck, when you uh, gonna start getting ready for football?" He said, "Nah, I'm not gonna play this year." Mm-hmm. I go, "You're not gonna play?" Like his dad would not miss coaching him. Mm-hmm. Like he would. I came and talked to the kids. You know, it was one of those things. And um, he said, I'm, I'm going to play football. Uh, I'm going to play football this year. I'm going to wrestle. I've set my goals. I'm going to, in my junior year, I'm going to win the state championship. Mm. And I went, really? I go, wow. I go, that's a big goal there, bro. I go, you know what that's going to take? He goes, a lot of work. 
So sophomore year, I want to say, I don't know, I can't remember exactly, I want to say like 18 and 12 or something. Yeah. I had a respectable run, you know. Mm -hmm. That next year, I'm in L.A. Now I've moved to L.A. because WWE's come and gone for me. I'm in right. I'm in L.A. doing the acting thing, and I would check in with him. And he's eleven and zero, and you know, call him, hey man, how you doing? How good? Blah blah blah. You know, you know, you know, undefeated right now. And then I call him back when he was like twenty two and zero, and then I called him back when he was like thirty and zero. And he was now. Now he's getting excited because he's getting interviewed by the Atlanta Constant Journal, which is our the, the journal big uh, paper, big yeah, paper here. Paper, yeah. He's been interviewed with his dad mm. on the NBC local affiliate, mm. and uh, he's like, "Oh God, Dallas, like you just don't know." It's like, and I go, "Whoa, slow down, young buck. I might have been a three-time world champion. No, no, no. I don't mean anything. Like I, I, I might have been. <laughs> just busting." He goes, "No, no, no." I go, "Bro, I go. I'm just kidding." I go, just keep your feet on the ground. I go, because now you got big bullseye on you. I said, you make it you know, to the state finals. I said, I'll be there. He said, you'll come? I go, I'll be there. I booked my flight right away. 48 no. Wow. Wow. 48 right? no. I didn't know 48 that. 48 no. You don't talk about this. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't he talk doesn't. about this. He's not a blow his horn kind of guy. Mm -hmm. So... That next year, now we're talking about, you know, like, because I didn't, you know, I've been in his ear, and mainly, in the beginning, was because of his dad and what he did for me. But then it became about him, because I just love the kid. Mm -hmm. So I uh, I said to him, I said, so what do you, you know, what are you going to do the next year, like when you get out of school? You know, I'm thinking about going to college, but I'm also thinking about acting. You know, I really want to act. He said, but if I, you know, if I win the States, you know, again, then I really, what am I going to go to? Go to college and do the, and go for an AAU championship or, you know, maybe, you know, may, maybe I'll do the Hollywood thing. I said, I'll tell you what. I said, I'm going to bring you out this summer. Now, I bring him out to L.A. He stays with me for a week. Over this week, like, I couldn't have coordinated it like this. My buddy Terry Cruz, who I'd known since he's nobody. Really? Was yeah. he a football player or something? Yeah, he or? was he, he's a walk on football player in college. Gotcha. Walk on, sex sophomore year got a full ride, mm -hmm. didn't get drafted, walked on to and played seven different years with different teams in the NFL. <laughs> got seven years in NFL, never made a name for himself right. because he never had that spot. But that same guy, like I sat down like me and you were sitting down. And I wish to God I still had the tape, but I lost it, of me and him talking about his journey. He's been with the same woman for like now, like 30-some years. Mm -hmm. At that time, he had come out with his kids. And when I'm talking to him, he's nobody. Mm -hmm. But we met when WCW did the thing with Battle Dome. Mm -hmm. And he, did you ever see Battle Dome? Mm -hmm. It was like- Gladiators or like something? that, yeah. but- he would come out and, you know, looking exactly the way he looks today, <laughs> just shredded, shaved head with a white suit, with white pants, white shoes, oh, no shirt. And he had four guys who were quintuplets or something, four duplicate doubles, all in blue suits, shaved head, no shirt. And he called himself T-Money. Hmm. Like he was money. Mm -hmm. If he'd have come in our business, he'd have killed it. Right. So bottom line is um, 
he got a small part on Soul Train, uh, Soul Plane, Soul Plane, yeah, Soul Plane. So I bring him to the set. He gets to come to set. He meets Terry Crews, gets pictures with Terry Crews, and I tell him, "You ask Cody." I said, "This kid right here, gonna be a huge star. Watch." Mm-hmm. And we all know where he is today. Right, 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 right. right, right. <laughs> so, um, but uh, I also took him to Rob Zombie had a party, like a premiere party. And I brought him to that, and he's got pictures with Rob Zombie. And you know, it's a funny little story. I don't think I've ever told you this before. So I auditioned for uh, uh, Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects. Yes, and the part I auditioned for was either your part or Danny Trejo's part. And when I got the feedback, it said you're not ugly enough for it. <laughs> you're way too pretty for that part, and bro. And I saw, it, like I said, whether it was you or Danny, I'm like, well, I can't argue with that because they definitely had you guys made up looking pretty. Uh, it looked pretty, pretty gnarly, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. People do not wreck me. Oh my god, that's you. Oh, it's you. Yeah, they don't know it's me. You know what's funny? Have you ever seen Kane Hodder? Oh yes, dude. I saw him downstairs. He looks like your little brother. That it's man, like a little version of you. We take pictures on both sides. <laughs> it's crazy. Of the I yeah. just saw him downstairs. He's got like, the oh same neck problems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, same face, kind of, and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a great guy, man. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's chasing. He's done a bunch of huge horror. Well, you. Yeah. And he's, it's funny. I was thinking, like, you should just be doing this convention today because it's right up your alley as far as what people come here for. There's some wrestling, but also with your right. devil's rejects, right? You would probably do good business here too. Yeah, I would. I, I, I do. Like, I've got a couple coming up in Atlanta. Mm. So I've just sort of like, you know, and there's like five different things, but I'm going where they're going to give me a guarantee. On of course. Of, of course. That's know, right. So. Yeah. That's why you do it now, right? Exactly. And, and mainly you just get the word about what I'm doing with my whole program. But so, Cody, that, that next year he goes back. I want to say it's his 11th or 12th match. He loses. So. I call him up like, hey, bro, what's up? I lost Dallas. I said, thank God. What? He goes, why Why would you say that? He said, Code, you think you learn anything from winning, bro? You learn from losing. You learn from falling down, making mistakes. I said, well, here's your advantage. I said, let me ask you this. Would you have rather met, been 46-0, met that guy in the semifinals, and he took it on you? I said, right now, if you meet him again, you have the advantage. He thinks he beat you. You are a calculating cat. I know you know where you dropped the ball, and you're going to fix that. Bottom line is, I was there again for his finals against that kid. And at that point, you know, in, in, in Georgia, when you're in a state finals, you, you have your family, you have five seats. I was up in the stands with my daughter, Brittany, and Cody saw me. He was, Dad, get Dallas down here. <laughs> and I got to sit as one of the five people there. That's cool. And uh, he smoked that kid. <laughs> so the thing was, what are you going to do? Like, we had talked about this. Like, if you win the States, you're going to go to L.A. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you might go to college. So after the match is over, I walked up to him. I said, so... Uh, what did you decide? He said, I made the decision before I got here. I said, really? I said, what are you gonna do? He goes, I'm gonna come out to LA. Mm. I said, but what if you lost? He said, looked at me and he smiled. He goes, you know, failure was not an option. (laughs) So what's happening right now? Like when he was putting all this thing together with the Young Bucks and they were pulling everything together, 
putting that whole thing together and doing it like he may never get to do this. We're having dinner at my house and he was just saying to me like, may never get to do this again. Right. I want to have fun with it. So he asked me if I would be one of the five guys because that really comes to the ring with him from the championship, the right? Yeah. You see when his dad died and I'd heard this from him numerous times, like really numerous times. But when Cody called me and said it, it just meant a little bit more because it wasn't coming from him. And his dad used to always tell Cody, I got five friends. And one hand, guys I can count on. And Cody would say, some guys would come on and off the list. Yeah. <laughs> he said, but Dallas, he was always on that list. That's cool. And he called me and told me that. And I'd heard Dusty say that, but it just, you know, it, it just made me feel you good. You know what's funny? When I first got in the business <clears throat> early 90s, I remember people saying that to you. You're going to have as many friends as you can trust. If you have as many friends as you can trust as fingers on your right hand, you're lucky in this business. <clears throat> yeah. And it's funny to hear Dusty say that. That must have been kind of an old timers thing, right? I guess. You know, I, I don't like to think about it like that because I, I know we all go through ups and downs and we get heated. But the bottom line is, especially with our guys, there's it's crazy brotherhood, man. Mm -hmm. It's like crazy fraternity. Like, no matter how many. It really is, yeah. You know, I got to tell you this. You know, one of the guys who really made me, like, a jettison, like, like when he told me I wasn't going to make it, like, it lit something under me. And it was Greg Gagne. Mm. And what happened is Greg gave me my first break ever. In AWA? In AWA. He brought me in. And then when he came. As a manager. As a manager. That's when I got my first break ever. It was Rob Rustin who set it up, but Craig pulled the trigger. Mm. And then he came to WCW. And uh, he was, you know, now he was working in the office, but he loved, he was such a great worker. I don't know if you ever seen any of his matches. Well, I, I grew up in Winnipeg, oh, so the high flyers, dude. Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel, they were two of my early heroes as I a mean, kid. that guy could work his ass off. Yeah. So now he's teaching down at the power plant. And so, you know, I'm, you know, I'm like a sponge, like, mm -hmm. but... When you're working as a coach, which he would be in that scenario, you, you're going to go spend the time with the people that you think are really going to make it. And I couldn't really get his attention. And so one night at the, uh, out at the bar, you know, I said to him, I said, I said, Greg, I said, why don't you like me? I said, what, what, you know, you gave me my first break ever. He goes, I don't dislike you, Dallas. I mean, super genuine. And um, I said, well, what do you think I don't have? I said, you know, I, I said, you don't think I'm going to make it, do you? And he, he didn't want to just go, no, I don't. He thought about it. And he said, no, nah, Dallas, you know, to be honest, I don't. I said, what don't you think I have? And he thought about it. And he said, charisma. And when he said charisma, I spit my beer out. I go, <laughs> you must, I must have eat with you somewhere. And I walked away. But I told this story numerous times because it lit a fire under me. And then at Gene Orkland's funeral. And I went down there for that because, man, Gino was super special was to me. in Sarasota or was that in, in Sarasota? Sarasota. Okay. Yeah. And Greg came up to me. And he was so, I mean, he shook my hand. He gave me a hug. And he said to me, you know, I haven't been many about wrong about many people. He goes, but I was wrong about you. He goes, your career, man. It was amazing to watch. I'm so proud of you. I said, thank you, bro. It means a lot. And then we got pulled apart, you know, because yep. different people. And then at the bar afterwards, I was getting ready to leave. And he came up to me. And he grabbed me again. And he shook my hand. And he said, I want you to know 
I'm really sorry about that. I, I know I don't know what happened. You, I didn't think you were ready for to get the spot out there. He goes, it doesn't matter. He goes, he goes. I just want you to know how 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 I feel about you. And I said, dude. I said, I, I've always liked you. I said, and it wasn't like I disliked you during this time. You did something for me. You lit an extra fire under me. So I got to tell you, thank you. I mean it, man. I mean, I've always really liked you. I'm so psyched that we that Gene who pulled us back together. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so since then we talk on the phone. Yeah. We got some other things going. And I super respect the cat. And you know, it's just it's like I say, brotherhood. Mm -hmm. And the, the guy who gave me the first break ever, I want to have that special bond with Sure, that guy, of course. You know? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's interesting. I want, I want because you're involved in this story as well, talking about Gene mentioning his name. So I hadn't seen Gene in a while, but he taught me a lot about how to do a promo, uh, as far as how to lead you through it and how to how to be relevant and and and, and well spoken. But it all stemmed from the box in WCW. What do you mean the box? Well, I'll tell you. So the box was a literal kind of a box. It was a studio inside where you would go and do localized promos. Mm. Birmingham, Alabama, right. we're coming to town, and the big match on the card is DDP versus Chris Jericho, and coming in to talk about it, here's Chris Jericho. And this all started because I used to go hang out in the box because we had so much time to kill on TV days. Right. And I wasn't getting used at all. Right. So I was like, well, rather just sitting around, I'm going to go sit in the box and watch the guys do promos. Mm. And it was staying in... Once in a while, they'd get flair, but it'd be Arn, and, and you were always in there, and Gene would lead you guys through, right. along with Lee Marshall, sure. who was also very good at it. And then one day, Luger didn't show up because he was didn't want to be there, wanted to go to the gym or something. <laughs> and they said, what about this guy in the corner, Penzo? What about you? You want to do it me? And I went and did a promo for Kalamazoo with me and Gene Okerlund. Oh, wow. And then the next week, they gave me two, et cetera, et cetera. And that's how I learned that right. Gene was so good at leading you through it. Right. Did you get that from him too? Did you learn a lot from promos from Gene? Oh my God. You know, but first of all, being a fan, you know, in the eighties, cause you know, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I tried to wrestle at 22 years old, hmm. and which was going into 79. I actually, someone sent me a card. And what I mean by a card, I mean like the paper where you print off the paper and you, you print up like five sheets and you fold them together and you make a program. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> and I have, back then, as I tried three matches, I had, uh -huh. I sucked. I mean, my, my, my teacher at the time was Tito Torres and he was from, uh, from Puerto Rico. Grab my, grab my leg, grab my leg. Like, what, what do you say? I go, grab his leg, grab his leg. <laughs> you know, you know, back then it was a whole different animal in the seventies, man. And, um, yeah, they didn't want you in the business in the seventies. If you wanted to be in it, they would do everything they could to get you out of it and dude i had the long blonde hair yeah. i mean i actually had a, a crazy 
good book mm-hmm. then where I didn't realize that that's not a good thing. <laughs> you know, but I um I have I'm my third match and you know and then it it, it just it just doesn't go. I hurt my knee really bad. Same when I get hit by the car. So it puts me out. But I actually, on that loosely paper, have the name Handsome Dallas Page. <laughs> <laughs> I was a big Handsome Jimmy Valiant fan growing up as a kid. So, you know, I, I had that and I tried it, but it didn't work out for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, it, later on, when, you know, I, st- I was, when the 80s started to blow up, I was so pissed that I didn't pay my dues. I let, I got an opportunity to run my first rock and roll bar. That one I'm talking about as big as this room. There was a band at the end, a long bar, and you know, the booze, the broads, and the party. It was, I already been in the business for five years in the bar business, but now I've actually got to run a place. And I just had so much fun that I, when wrestling started to blow up in the 80s, I was so mad at myself for losing the vision of my goal, I stopped watching. And then I'm flicking the channels, I don't know when, and I see Gorilla, and I'm like, who the hell is that? And it's Ventura. And Jesse Ventura was unbelievable to me. I mean, the way he did promos and the way he talked, and Gorilla. To this day. Amazing. And you know what? It's just a subtle thing, but with that Minnesota accent, the way he enunciated is different from anybody else. See, he's so, so, he was so different to me. Yes. So I'm watching him now, right? Yeah. I'm pulled back in, and the first match, the first guy to come out of that curtain got a bag over his shoulder. And it's Jake. Mm-hmm. And now I'm sucked back in. So watching Gene do promos with Macho Man, that was insane magic. Because the shit that he did, like, wow. That was mind-blowing to me. Um, but how Gene could make sense of when Mach was going off into his, oh, yeah, and thinking, and, yeah. and it, he made sense everything he was saying, and Gene would pull that through. If you got lost or someone got lost or went on a tangent, he would make it make sense. God. You know? But seeing all those guys, and now I'm there, he's there, but I'm a bottom guy, but slowly working my way up and getting to know Gene, like, personally, meet him at the bar. Who's more fun to have a drink with the Gene Oakland? The first night I met him, he bought me a drink and a table dance. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Here in this town, in an undisclosed location. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, like he was a rocker, like a total old school brother, you know, up till and he was a guy who literally like women loved their grandpa Gene <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he wasn't afraid to say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just so funny to be around. And when I finally got with him, you know, when I shot my big angle with Savage, it was the biggest thing ever happened in my life. Like it changed my whole life. And before the match, I was in the back, and we it was right before the big match, and I were cutting this promo, and me and Randy are going back and forth. And you know, I, I'm I'm I want to freaking know everything I'm doing, man. Like when I have it down, so I can improv wherever I want. I want to know what I'm saying so much through it. And I was off to the side, and because I got the match, and then I'm gonna cut the promo. And he walked up to me, and he. He would carry that roll of paper once in a while, mm-hmm. and he hit me in the ass with it. And he goes. You got this, kid. You got, you got this. this, kid. You got this. <laughs> you know, you feel good. I go, I feel good. Gene goes, it's your time. Mm. He grabs me and he goes, and he got serious as shit. And he said, you worked your ass off for this. Mm. It's this your is time. when you're going to win the title? No, this is when I'm going to 
go it's it's the match that I'm gonna have which is an enhancement match before to set up a promo with me and Randy which leads us into the pay-per-view mm-hmm. and it just you know he just he was always there for me there was one time I can remember where I got so into this promo and the crowd was going crazy and I forgot where I was mm-hmm. and I just went ah, I was mad at myself Gene picks it right up goes and I go exactly yeah. Gino and see and that and that's the brilliance of it he, he was there to be the straight man but if you needed help boom, boom. like a second and you know, not to sound like back in the day, like, I don't think you'll ever have a guy uh, who does the job that Gene did, who can do it as well, and that's just as over with the fans as the boys. Absolutely. You know, I mean, now, God bless the guys back there, but there's no, like, Mike Rome t-shirts and fans going nuts or whoever, but Mean Gene was like a guy from everyone knows Mean Gene. And they know? grew up with him. You know, he yeah. was so... And he had told me, I got to know him pretty good. I actually listened to this. I went to... You talked about Lee Marshall. who's was... Mm-hmm. The guy who really, like when I was managing in AWA, he was my guy. Mm-hmm. Like he helped me so Underrated much. Underrated as a, as a guy, Big, as a hype man. Yeah. I'm the one who got him to come in and oh. said, Eric, you got to do something with Lee. Yeah. And like we were we were really brothers. So I always love Lee because he would wear a suit jacket and a, and a suit, uh, a dress shirt with like stretched sweatpants because they only shot him from the waist <laughs> <Right>. up. <laughs> do you know that he was a monster bodybuilder back in the day? I did not. Monster. Really? No, dude. I'm talking about... There was pictures with him with Arnold and no all shit. those guys. Yeah, he that. was super jacked. Okay. And it really blew his back out bad because uh, that's what happens from all that. Yeah. And, and being on the gas and jacked right, and all yeah. that. But it was G, it was um, it was Lee and his wife, Gene and his wife, Bobby the Brain and his wife, me and Kim, and we went. We, I think we were working in Sacramento. You know, maybe it was uh, San Francisco. We went out the Napa Valley together, all of us. For three days, <laughs> it was man. There was some serious drinking on that trip. <laughs> Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Let's talk a little bit about Savage and how he kind of helped you get through that that ceiling to the next level. Obviously, Eric's pushing it, but Randy has to agree to it. No, dude, this had nothing to do with Eric okay. or me. Like, I could never say, can I work with Savage? Right. When Randy saw what was happening with the NWO thing, he's the one who went to Bischoff and said, I want to work with him. Now, he had been talking to me for years and telling me not to do so much stuff. You know, I had I had the, the numbers and the sunglasses and the cigar. You were and gimmick after gimmick after yes. gimmick, yeah. And he was one who's like, take it down. And there's a guy with the craziest outfits ever. And also, that's how he talked in real life, too. Yes, real life. His gimmick voice was his real voice. And he could be as intense as he could be. (laughs) But uh, he asked to do it. Now, let's go back about four months. I tell Bischoff that, because they're not doing anything with me, and I had your state of mind. Like, I was ready to go. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm out of here. So Kimberly had done a bunch of things with Playboy before WWE right. did a before thing. Sable yeah right before any of that yeah. 
She had done like blondes, blues, and redheads. Like the girl who, Cynthia Kay was her name. And she was like here in Atlanta and she was a scout. And Kimberly was so beautiful. She came off amazing, yeah. you know, in pictures. So she, and she wasn't afraid to do the nude thing. So she was in like four different issues, right? So they call her up and they say, we want to do a book called Celebrity Nudes. And since she was now, she's on TV with me going to the ring, right? So they say they want her and your husband. So I'm like, what do you mean me? <laughs> <laughs> and they, she said, they want to do something where you're getting ready in the ring and I'm just about to pull up my dress. You're painting my toenails. You know, shots like, fun shots like that. So it's supposed to be two pages. Like, Who's going to be in this? Chris, um, um, all the people who did it got uh, Crawford, uh, Cindy, Cindy Crawford, Crawford, of course, Jenna, um, Jenna, whatever her name is, the girl who was with the big boobs. and Jameson? Not Jameson. Oh. Not the, but uh, Pamela Anderson. Okay, yeah, yeah. Just all that. Like, there's like five big names going to be in this magazine. And so we're supposed to get like a two-page, you know, two-page spread, you know. And um, they see it. They want to shoot more. So now they got me in a towel with a cigar, <laughs> massaging her, you know. So in turn, and she and she's on all fours doing like like a cat lift position, mm -hmm. but she's got nothing on, right? And so I have to tell Eric, this is going to come out. Now at the time, again, I'm mid card guy, and I'm figuring, hey, maybe you know, I'm, I'm doing, yeah. I'm doing it, right? I'm doing it. And so I tell him, and he goes, "Are you crazy? You have a whole thing. What is it, sign where you you have a um, moral clause in your yeah, contract?" Yeah, yeah. I said, "Well, you know what? I go if they end up firing me, they could fire you." I'm like, "If they end up firing me, bro, then maybe Vince will do something with it." So Randy asked, you know, asked to work with me, and um, there's that magazine. So they used that as the angle. Well, Randy, you know, exposes Kimberly being my wife, and not that that matters or anything, but that was just the angle that right, came up right. with. And um, so we, you know, we shoot the angle. It's red hot. It elevates because I'm just coming off dropping the NWO, so it elevated me to a whole different level. So now we're going from town to town, town, and every night either I get lucky enough to hit a couple guys in the NWO and escape. But most nights I'm getting killed. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah, right. Before I get ready, I'm getting killed. <laughs> and uh, every night. And then the night before we go to Spring Stampede, we're in Florida, South Carolina. I'll never forget it. Because we hadn't got to the big buildings yet. They were coming, but this was a building that was, you know, booked a year out. So no one knew we were going to be in that position as a company at that time. So it may hold 9,000 people. There's 11 or 12 in there. Like, right, right, it's yeah. crazy hot. So I'm sitting in the locker room. Randy's sitting across the locker room from me. And Arn Anderson walks in. And Arn walks in and he goes, so, Randy, you know, he's the agent. He goes, uh, what do you want to do tonight? He's not asking me. <laughs> he went, mm, I think I want to take the diamond cutter. And Arn almost fell over. I almost fell over. I said, you have to understand that me and Arn, as much as I love him, we had some real heated times. Sure. Yeah. Arn was quite ornery back <clears throat> in those days, too. 
Well, he was like, from what I recall, yeah, he did not he was not a fan of yours. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. And but to my face, he always was. But, but that was that, that was also the environment. There. No, it was. Everybody was right. different there. Like we never got well, not we didn't get along. We never really talked in WCW or right. Steiner or Booker T or Giant. Like none of those guys. None of us talked. Right. You know, it was different then. It was different. It was a different time. That's right. But um, I ended up. Um, yeah, I'm just sitting there, and Arn, you know, had told me at one point earlier in this that in my frustration, you're never going to get that spot mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you're not seen as a top guy. Mm-hmm. Because unless, and he went through the list, Sting, Luger, Flair, right. Hogan, or Savage put you over, you're never. And that's about right. No, that yeah. was it. Yeah. That was it. And he said, and none of those guys are ever going to put you over. So that's on the hinge of this. Mm-hmm. Now, later on, Art would apologize for that and you know, it was, I didn't care. It was just it was it was a motivational moment for me too. Again, someone tell me what I can't do. Right. So he looked at me and he goes, "Well done." And he goes, "I hope you understand what this could do for your career." I'm like, uh, "Yeah." And, but again, this isn't the pay per view. This is the dark, you know, note cameras. But we went out there, and Randy was testing the waters. He wanted to see what would happen. And you know, we had a hell of a match. Um, eventually, we went home and. You know, him kicking my ass, he went to slam me, he said, diamond cutter, and bang. And it was like a moment of silence and an explosion, and then I covered him, and when they got the three, those people went berserk, and it was so loud, you know what that feeling's like, but I could hear Randy, and he's looking up at the, at the lights, and he went, well... I guess we know what we're going to do for Spring Stampede. And I <laughs> Meaning you guys he, are going to work together. You know, no, he's going to put me over. Oh, gotcha. Like, with that finish. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, you know you've heard that before and then it doesn't happen. Right. You know, so I just went, God, that would be unbelievable. But, you know, if it happens, but, but it happens. The thing about Savage, like, and, and for, I never had the pleasure to work with him, but from what I understand and from what, like, Steamboat told me and that sort of thing, that... Randy wasn't like some guys that just cared about winning and 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 mm. protect you know like uh, I don't know if ego's the word because everyone has an ego but but being you know scared to do the favor. But he also wanted to have the reaction, like right. the reaction. He wants the best reaction. You let me hit you with that. Yeah. Send the NWO down. Eventually you get because he sell his ass off. You never see him pop up. Mm-hmm. Like even when he was up. He was still selling. If it beat him, it beat him. It's not right. one, two, kick out on the three. And then he's going to get kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> then he's going to kick your ass. But it was, it changed my life. And for it to be at that time when it was at its hottest fever pitch for it to happen. And again, no one made that happen but him. So, you know, my that, was, that was almost what were you going to say? Do you know my Thanksgiving story? No, tell her. So um, Thanksgiving, I'm getting, you know, you can I help a lot of guys get jobs. Mm-hmm. And I beep her back then. Mm-hmm. People would be beeping me, thanks for, you know, for, you know, happy Thanksgiving and thanks for helping me out. Whatever, I get a bunch of them, right? Something I'm like, who doesn't know that I'm thankful? You know, I know Dusty knows. I know Kev knows. I know Scott. I know my, my, my net group people. They know because I tell them all the time. How many times I tell you how thankful I am to you for what you've done for me? Yeah. And vice versa. Yes. But I said, man, I go, Randy, I bet he doesn't know how I feel. So I call him up. 
He never answered the phone, like you. <laughs> <laughs> so I leave a message. I said, listen, Randy, um, it's going to kind of sound kind of corny. I go, but you know, I'm getting a lot of beeps. You know, Guys, you know, thank you for helping him out. And I'm thinking, who am I thankful to that maybe doesn't know it? I, I, I got I to gotta feel you don't know. I go, I just want you to know that I know I'm not in this position in my life right now without you. And dude, I will never forget it. Happy Thanksgiving, bro. So, next TV. No communication before this, right? So next TV, <clears throat> I walk in the building. You know how big it is backstage. Right. I walk around the corner and I see Randy. But when he sees me, his physiology changed and he starts power walking. Diamond, come here. And I'm like, what the hell did I do? <laughs> Walk up to him. He grabs me and he pulls me in this office. He says, I got your message. Yeah, I did. And I tell you, I listened to it a couple of times. Yeah. And then I called my dad. And I played it for him. And I said, Dad, did any of the boys ever do anything like this for you? And he said, no, they didn't. He said... I just want you to know I appreciate it. And he gave me that crazy fucking like hug. And I was like, man, wow. Thank you. You know, thank you costs nothing. Please and thank you costs nothing. Especially in this job. It's funny because it, it goes across the board even to like promoters and things along those lines. Like sometimes a pat on the back Huge. and a thank you means more than a $10,000 bonus. You know what I mean? And that's something that, that you don't get a lot of. Like you right. said, like sincere appreciation because it is a fraternity. We're all working together right. to, to, to advance. But it's funny you mentioned you got a guys a lot of jobs. Did you ever, yeah, you probably know this, but uh, in WCW, there was a lot of guys that, that were we, we called uh, FOPs, yes. FOPs, right. Friends of Page. Yes. <laughs> yes. But you know what's funny? We call them that too. <laughs> But there's a lot of guys. A guy that, that that a lot of people forgot about. I know you were tight with was was Canyon. Amazing, amazing guy. Great, guy, amazing guy. A little bit tortured, I seems yes, now. Very tortured soul. Because um, we always we always, you know, not not wanted or cared, but it was like I never saw him with a girl, and he's probably gay, but he'll never say it. And then you read the book that came out after he passed away, right? Uh, and he was very nervous about about that. And when he told me. I was like, dude, awesome. Yeah. Like, so he I, actually told you. No, he, he came out. He, he yeah. told me. Um, I, I flew in. We were doing something. I think we were having a match for Jimmy Hart. He did something down in Florida. Um, we were trying to do something um, with this little pay-per-view thing they were doing. And me and Kenyon worked together. But we went to breakfast that morning, and he told me. I was like, yeah, okay, cool, awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I want people to be happy in their own skin. Yeah. And I think, you know... Being part of the FOP was positive, but it also could work against you, too. <laughs> you know, people say to me, like, who do you love working with? Of course, I love working with Savage. You know, I love working with Sting. I love working with, you know, so many of the guys. But Canyon, I felt like I was working with myself, except for younger. Because he, he was so fluid. But we, you know, down the power plant, we had worked, you know, so many times working on training so it was like wrestling him was like you didn't even have to touch him he moved <laughs> you know it was just, yeah, yeah. he was super gifted man you yeah. know when it came to kind of reminded me of brad armstrong that was another guy who was crazy gifted in the ring like mm -hmm. 
and super funny in the back. Ooh, yeah. But it would never translate to the camera. Yeah, I had an idea for him, and he thought I was crazy. And I could have made it if he would have got behind it. But I wanted him to have a match with Vader, and he gets body, you know, power slammed on the ground, and he gets a concussion. They, they cart him out to the back, and then they go back, and they see him, and they go, we're back with Brad Armstrong, and he comes up, and you know, he can talk like he's from, you know, dead center England with the biggest accent ever. <laughs> Be that guy. Then, boom, a couple of matches later, gets hit, and he wakes up, and he's a brother from freaking Detroit. You know? He wakes up again. He's from he's from the Nassau, Bahamas. He could have done that. He could do them all. Oh, he would have been great at that. It would have given him an excuse to, to do that and not have to worry about why, you know? He thought, he thought I was ribbing him. Oh. And I was saying, you know who else I had an idea about that with? It was an amazing guy. Did you get to know Brian Adams at all? Yeah, of course. Another okay. hilarious guy oh off screen. How about when he would do Tiger? He talked. Oh my. <laughs> Not Tiger. Tiger Chung Lee. Yeah, Tiger Chung Lee. Kim Duck. Kim Duck is his, yeah. The, the, uh, the Japanese guy with the Italian accent. <laughs> he would do him. I go, we put a hood over you. We put a hood over you, dude. You do that character. And again, he thought I was ribbing him. Yeah. Like, that was money. Yeah. That would have been money. It would get over because people would be entertained by it. Oh, my God. And the guy could work. Yeah. So, you know, being the big, strong, uh, yeah, that never works. Yeah, it never translates. Yeah, it does. Brock Lesnar? Uh-huh. Because <laughs> well, that's, that's a yeah, shoot? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Brock's mad at you? Oh, God, I don't want a man at me. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Let me ask you this, when, when you know, WCW, when we're talking about this time frame, it was, it was such a huge entity, and then starts falling apart, 99, 2000. How was that for you to be there? Because you were there pretty much almost to the end or to the end? I was there till the end. To the end. I was actually gone the last two months because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm taking a powder for a while. Yeah, yeah. want to let some of this you know, dust fall. But uh, actually, when I came, when I heard that it was bought... I came back just to say goodbye. Like, I was like, put me on that TV. Give me five minutes. Like in Panama City or wherever it was? Yeah, Panama City. The last episode. And, uh, you know, for me, growing up on the Jersey Shore with the WWWF, like, everything that was in my soul was, I'm going to end in the WWF. Like, Mm -hmm. so... For me personally, I didn't know it was going to come with the heat that it came with. You know, if I had left like when you left or right after you left, it would have been a whole different story. So what do you mean it came with the heat? WCW had a lot of heat rolling in When everybody came in there. When everybody came in there, I did not understand it. I had it too, but I was by myself. So, well, so I get it. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, but you were, you know, however you did your, like, as I would hear, no, this is what Jericho does and how he talks to Vince. If 
I mean, I wish I went to Jericho School 101 before I went there because all that would have meant is I acted exactly the same as I did in WCW. I fought for everything, bro. Like being Bischoff's friend, and when he inducted me, he act, I was really, it felt, made, made me feel good that he said it. He said, being my friend wasn't always the most popular thing. Right. And it worked against him. Yeah. And it did. He said it made me work two times harder. Yeah. No, it made me work five times harder. You know, because he wouldn't give me, like, I didn't even do my last, no, I, I never made money. I worked on top for two years. I made $275,000, bro. In WCW? Yes. In like 97, 97, 98, and made 295. You never went to renegotiate or, or? I was holding out for WWE. And I would they 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 You didn't want to resign with WCW. I didn't know I didn't know what I was gonna do. Wow. And Eric actually said, talk to Harvey Schiller. Like he knew because he would be really hard on me like that. Like I was not begging, but I was like, I deserve five hundred going into that. Because I knew what he was paying other guys. And like I Absolutely. Knew, and, but but it was it was a no go. Like Bish was really hard. Here's what Bish did for me that I never really appreciated as much until I was in WWE. He protected me, mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is when I was getting buried, mm -hmm. and I mean I was talking to Chris Benoit, who I loved, and I know you did too. Uh, you had a super special, and, and you know you coming out and sticking up for him, even though the crazy shit that went down. It was huge, man, because that was not the Chris Benoit. That was not the guy. But I, I, wa I wanted to help Chris with his promos. So Disco, he had a really unbelievable understanding of our business. Disco? Disco. Absolutely. And when it came I agree. to like, how to promo and what to do, he couldn't really do it himself, but he was a good teacher. Mm -hmm. Like There was things he said to me. I went like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to use yeah, that yeah, disc. Yeah. So I wanted to put him with Benoit. Like, he'll make you, a real help you mm -hmm. become a great interviewer. And when they heard that, the bookers, <laughs> they buried me. Yeah. And Bish is sitting in my driveway. We're having beers, just like we're having a drink right now. You know, like, we're, you know, we're just sitting here having a couple beers. And he tells me, why would you have Disco help Benoit? I go, because he's got a really good mind for the business and he mm -hmm. really understands the art of interviewing. Mm -hmm. He goes, it looks bad. It looks like you're trying to set this uh, Benoit up to fail. I go, that's the last thing I'm doing. He goes, yeah, I get that. And that's what I told him. He said, but you also, you have to stop being so honest with everybody. <laughs> so... Stop helping people. <laughs> stop being honest. And stop being so honest. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, I'm not going to do that. Because mm. that's not who I am. Right. Like, people see me helping all these people and these amazing transformations. They have no idea how many people I talk about and talk to on a daily basis that don't get there. Right. But And they fall down. They go on their own. Mm -hmm. They come back, I try to help them again. Right. Like, they don't know. I've been doing that my whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? That's who you are. That's who I am. I'm not going to change who I am so, for so, anyone. So Bischoff was protecting you, but when you go to WWE, you're not protected. Right. So, so that heat is there because you're a WCW guy. And the one thing that I noticed when I first went as well is that, it's, it's I'll say to this day, Vince does not care or even particularly know what you've done anywhere else other than when you walk through those doors. Right. 
Dude. So how much of a of a of a of a adjustment was that oh. for you? In the beginning, because I was treated so well, I didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. But then once I got in there, and then I realized at some point he has no idea who I am. I, I mean, I wanted to, I was. <laughs> Please let me show you the Goldberg match. Yeah. You, know, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, but that's what I mean. It's like he has no idea about anything that I've done or you've done or, or Steve went through it and Chris went through it. Eddie went through it. I mean, everybody, you know, I had, Mick. I had no idea. And because, you know, I just, I just imagined because the way it was talked to, how I was talked to and what they wanted. But, you know, when it was all said and done, I should have, you know, I should have stuck to, again, it's another time, it's the only other time that I can remember in my life that I didn't stick to my goal of what I envisioned. Like, trying to be a wrestler at 23, right. and then it, it turned, you know, I knew I should have been there. Yeah. Well, I proved it in the 90s, I should have been mm-hmm. there. But the other thing I had is meeting The Rock, and you know what amazing cat he is. I met him with Big Show, and we were—I was—we were both in Canada at the same time, and I—we uh, were getting ready to leave. Me and Show, and he goes, "You want to meet Rock before you leave?" I said, "Sure." So we go walk in the locker room, and you've been there a million times. Where the uh, the Toronto the Jays play, yeah, the, the huge Skydome. The, how big are those locker rooms, bro? Huge, huge. stadium, yeah. right? So if we come walking in, nobody's everybody's gone because they're beating the crowd right out of there. And uh, Show goes, hey, Rock, you still here? He goes, yeah, I'm in the shower. He goes, great, because I got some huge Mark who's dying to meet you. (laughs) So I go, I pick my head around the corner, and I go, hey, Rock, I go, talk to you in a minute. So he comes out, and super, you know, at that time, I was there. I yeah, was yeah. Oh, yeah. at Top World. He was here, right. meaning he was halfway lower. up, yeah. but he's on that rocket. Mm-hmm. He's on that rocket. He had the big sideburns, the big mullet chops back then, <laughs> the Versace shirts. And, you know, I told him, I said, um, you know, Jake Roberts, when you first came in as Rocky My V, he called me up. He, he was booking that. And he said, man, watch this guy, Rocky My V. He's going to be a huge star. He goes, he's so pretty. I don't know if I want to fight him or <laughs> and, and Rock says, "Yeah, that sounds like something Jake would say." <laughs> uh, and I said, "But he told me, you know, he told me you were going to be a big star." He said, "He told me in 1993. Mm. He had no right to say that. Right. He said he told me Austin in 1995." Mm. I said, "You know, he's got a good eye." He said, "Yeah, he does." I said, "You know, I saw you do something where you were." talking about he just started it the rock this and the rock that and then you went back to being yourself this humble guy who's sitting there talking to me and then you went back to the rock this and the rock that and you went back to yourself i said that's super cool man i said i can't wait to see where that goes well we shook hands i start walking out and big shows behind me and i'm just about to get to the door and then i hear it hey diamond and when show gets out of my way i can see him and he's putting on one of those Versace shirts. And you could see the son of a bitch rolling in the character. <laughs> and he says, you know, there's only one people's champion. <laughs> and Big Show's like, whoa. <laughs> and I just stared at him. And I said, you know, Rock, you're right. And you, my friend, well, you're looking at him. Oh! 
<laughs> and I was out the door. <laughs> and show popped huge. Yeah. We went out and got drunk as hell that night. And I wake Kimberly up. Wake up, wake up. I got to tell you, I'm going to go into WWF. What? Why leave me alone? I mean, mm. no, come on, wake up. I got to tell you this. And Chris, I, I, I make her get up and I tell her, they're going to turn off all the lights. And everybody's going to think Greg Jericho's going to come. Mm. But then it's going to go five seconds, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, 20 seconds. JR is going to say, hold on, we got technical difficulty. And for the first time ever, you're going to hear my voice in a blacked out stadium in WWE world. Right. Who's the real people's champion? Spotlight. You're looking at him. Oh, wow. Bang. But it came from that. Mm -hmm. So that was in my head. I just signed the, the deal with Turner. So it was three years away. Oh, wow. But that was the idea. So when they give me that stalker idea, I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. But instead of saying, this is what I want to do, <laughs> I well, say, how about this idea? No, I, no, I do. I go, I go, I go, what about this? Yeah, no, we want this. Mm. Now, this is what I learned out of that because it crushed me for about a year or so. You know, that was a bad decision I made. But I knew that. For stars, I said, keep my mouth shut because that was a decision I made. Mm -hmm. No one held me down. Mm -hmm. You know, people would try to stir you know, shit up, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like, I made that decision. Mm -hmm. This is Vince McMahon taught me the most valuable lesson I have ever learned as a businessman. Mm -hmm. When you really believe in something, you cannot be afraid to get up, shake their hand, and walk away from the table. Because if I would have done that, if I'd have got up and said, you know, Vince, Shane, this is a great idea for someone else, <laughs> not Diamond Dallas Page. When you want to do People's Champion versus People's Champion, give me a call. Mm -hmm. I might have got that call by the time I got to the elevator. Yeah. But maybe not. I don't know. But I know that that would have been the best business decision for me. But if I could go back in time, and I honestly mean this, if I could go back in time and said that or failed and not had the career I, w I should have had there. If I would have could pick failing and being where I am right now, like what I've learned from that, or having that angle with rock, I would take this every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I talked about it when they were doing that positively living special on me, WWE. You know, I talked about it, I said, you know, it, w it wasn't the best for me coming here originally, but I knew if I just kept a positive attitude, I knew if I just kept talking, because I love the company. You know, I know you do too. You have something else going now, it's amazing. But you still love the company, it's very good to you. It's good to your family, everything. You know, I love what it, I love the whole being a part of it. I knew that eventually it would move aside and now the work that I put in would come about. And you know, get but, but, and that's, you mentioned the career, you didn't have the career that you should have had, but that's, it's it takes, sometimes years to get that respect from Vince to get there. Mm. What, why do you think that you didn't have the career that you, that you should have had in WWE? Because well, as, as we sit here now, Endgame, you're a WWE Hall of Famer. Yes. So you did get no, that no, no, when, I, when I say when I say a career I should have had, I meant the first year. That's what I'm talking yeah. about, though. That's what I mean. Um, I, well, I know why. There was a lot of heat on WCW, but I also got hurt. Okay. And you know you can't get hurt. Right. That's a big Right in the thing. middle of all that too. Right. right? Yeah. I, I tore my I tore my meniscus. 
you know, I almost broke my neck really mm -hmm. bad, and that's what really put me out. Gotcha. I remember you know? that. So it it was fate. Mm -hmm. I had the most unbelievable career that you could have in WCW. And when my career took off was when we started kicking their ass. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I couldn't have had a better career. And that's what's great about the WWE. It's every, you know, it's the AWA, it's Florida Championship Wrestling, it's Georgia. It's, you know, it's it's so much of wrestling. And so being part of the WWE Hall of Fame, it's a, it's a huge honor for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just to... Were you surprised when you got the call or did you know it was coming? Or I had no idea. And we were filming the video, you know. Um, I knew it was going to happen at some point, but I didn't know when. And it was 15 years from when I had retired, you know. Wow. so. Was 15, when did you retire? 2002. Because when did you get to WWE? 2001? 2000? I went 2001. Oh my gosh, you're crazy. I was gone. I was gone. I only wrestled there for six months. Wow. And a month of it, I tore my meniscus. Right. I was back in four weeks. Right. Torn meniscus. Like, not maybe the smartest <laughs> thing, but, you know, I wanted to get right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I wanted to get away from the stalker thing and be like, I was bringing back the feel the bang guy with the smiley guy, the right, smile yeah, got yeah. over, you know? And then they were letting me go back to be myself. And I know I had that match with Christian at WrestleMania. Right. You know, and the one goal that I had that I always focused on, I've got to, I've got to work at WrestleMania. Yeah. I've got to have a hell of a match. Yeah. Christian. Jay Rezzo is, yeah. he is, I think he's one of the most underrated guys ever. I agree. I mean, what an amazing hand in the ring, yeah. but a great guy too. Mm -hmm. And smart, good thinker. Smart. Good and not psychology. afraid like you or me, yeah. not afraid to be the heel. Right. If right, I'm right, working right, with Sting right, right. and I'm a baby face, yeah. I'm turning myself heel. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> let's go. Let's get the baby face over. Yeah. I'll get my shit in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But so that's what I'm saying, though. So, so, so at the end of the day, did you only sign a one-year deal there? I signed a three-year deal, oh. but they wanted out of it after one. Gotcha. And I thought I had that million-dollar policy I've been paying for four years with Lloyd's of London. <laughs> You're one of those ones, right? I had one of them, those yeah. deals. And, you know, again, I'm kind of glad that it didn't work out like this because once you take that money— you You're can't, done. you can't ever get in the ring again. Yeah. And I had to prove what my DDP yoga program, this is before you. What is it called? DDP, but I call DDP yoga. <laughs> DDP yoga is okay. DDPY okay. is where, in, where I'm branding everything to go. But I you really focused on what I could do in, you know, I, I took off two and a half years when I left WWE and I went to TNA. Right. I was 49. When I started working wow. my angle with Raven, and I was bumping a lot. And and, okay, with Raven, right? Right, right. And not like I used to, but I was still showing, like, look what this program can do. Like, you're the best example. I think you'll go into your 50s if you want to, but you're also working smart now. You're not working. It's a combination of the two. But I mean, I say know? working smart. I mean, you're not working 26 days a month. No, exactly. But <laughs> even, yeah, and you're right about that. Because like I said, it's one of the things that is, is this great segue to talk about DDPY and all the stuff that you're doing with the book and the challenge and all this stuff. Is Was I one of the first guys to come out and talk? No, about you're the first one. Bro. Really? Yes. That's crazy to me. Well, Because you've done so much now. But, but, no, but you're the guy. How it went was, I remember... No, no, I'm sorry. You're the second guy. HBK. 
And I called HBK to ask him about it. Yes, and yeah. he had told me that. That's when I did the first Very Best of Nitro, and we're doing a thing where he's going to you know, give the Super kick. Kicky, yeah. That, yeah, and it was originally to me. Mm. And I went, no. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. I've already been beat up here. I'm, I'm either going to be lifted up or I'm out of here. <laughs> he got beat up by Undertaker's wife. I've had right, enough. uncle, I'm done. <laughs> you know, and uh, they just, Vince just changed it. I was like, cool, all right, awesome. Yeah. So he said, you know, and he looked around. He goes, you know, Jericho is coming back and his back is not right. He goes, you need to call him. Hmm. Like he told me that. And it was cool because, you know, he was doing my workouts that were, I filmed in my backyard. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it's funny though, just to, to segue this, uh, he had told me a little bit about it because I had a lot of issues from Dancing with the Stars of all things. That's oh, where right. it snapped. Obviously, 20 years of wrestling. Straw to broke the camel's that, back. Right, right. And I remember you had called me, and like I said, we we, we weren't like that. We weren't not that we weren't friends. But we weren't really phone buddies right, or anything right. like that. I don't think I'd talked to you in eight years, whatever it was, right. ten years maybe. And you had called me, and I was like, oh. And you, I listened to you. You got to try my yoga program, I'm like right. yeah, whatever. And just as I had listened to your message, I remember the the restaurant is called Burger Twenty One in Tampa, my favorite burger joint. I went to slide into the booth. To sit down, <laughs> and as soon, I was listening to your message, going, I don't know if I'm going to. Oh, that <sighs> saw blade! Right, right, and I was back. like, you know what? I'm calling Paige because I'm I can't I can't take it anymore. Just so you know the background of that. And I remember when I talked to you, it was very short, and you had actually answered your phone that time, and yeah, uh, and I and I said, just watch this video. It was a disabled Arthur veteran. Arthur Borman, right? right? Yeah. You called me back five minutes later, and you literally said, "I will do whatever you tell me to do," <laughs> and. Five weeks later, you, I remember you calling me back and saying, I'm 85% pain-free, Yeah, you know, and I'm addicted to it. And yeah. it was so funny. Darius Rucker, a.k.a. Hootie and the Blowfish, but much bigger star. Now, not, yeah. Yeah, now. It's a country, unbelievable country singer. But he, like, when he took me 18 years to get him to do it, and then when he finally did it, that's how long we known each other. When he finally did it, he was like, man, he goes, I'm addicted to it. Is everybody like that? I said, that's what Jericho said. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Literally was. And, and, I and, was then, and then like three, you said 85% after five weeks and after three months, which would be probably closer to 10 to 12 max, completely pain-free to this day. And that's what you headlined with uh, Punk. Yeah. Yeah, at WrestleMania. That's right. And that's what I tell people. And then I go, he was 41 then. And I go, he just headlined in the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. And I'm talking about, I just said this in some interview somewhere. Yeah. Uh, somewhere. I've That's done so many. That's a great point, interviews. dude. That's a great point. And, and yeah. now at 48, he stole the show into mm -hmm. Tokyo Dome. I go, who does that? Yeah. I go, a guy who's doing a program that's helped keeping him super healthy and preventative maintenance. That's the main thing. But I can even remember from, from like a Fozzie show that we had in Long Island around that time, 2011. Because singing comes from the core, right? And even that was hurting. Like sure. even hitting a high note, like or, or about to sneeze, it wasn't just resting. It was normal, like singing, right? Singing, dude, or sneezing. So it was. It went far deeper than. That's why as soon as it started working, I was like, everyone needs to know about this. And dude, you told I at that point Dustin Rhodes started doing it. Zach Ryder started doing it. It was like people you would you would just hit me and say, dude, hook him up. And then it went to singers. I mean, it was band members. Sarzo, the guy from Slayer, Corey Taylor. Corey Taylor. Today, today at this horror convention, I forgot to tell you this. Uh, I met Clive Barker, famous horror movie, Hellraiser. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Uh, and, and I go to meet him and I see him in the corner. I'm like, that's Clive Barker? He's like, 
no offense, he looks like a little old man now, and I'm not sure how old he is, but he used to be dashing and like a hot guy, and his back, he got up and his back was bent. And I said to his handler, what's wrong? Because he had a really bad back problems. I said, can you please let me know talk to him i've got the program for him right, right. it's it's a, it's a y word that my friend does and it will change his life and the guy's like look at him he doesn't know me from adam like right. i'm one of those guys now. i went to see queen i'm watching brian may walk the stage i'm like he needs ddpy can someone connect me with brian may from queen so we can send him a thing you know yo dude my my the highlight of my life right at this moment has been signing and i just sent this to you recently and i appreciate you putting it out there yes the partnership with the nfl alumni that's so so explain what that is well that was just a couple days ago yes a couple days ago i've been working on it for you know i've been i've been imagining it and manifesting it for over a decade but i've been working on it for about the last two years one of my best friends kent backler Uh who's a big believer and helps he turns so many people onto the program he has his life med institute in Demonia, which is right outside of Baltimore. And matter of fact, he's working with Bray Wyatt right now. He's, right. he's helping him okay, out. Okay, good. And um, bottom line is, he turned so many people onto it, he's like, D, Kyle Richardson, who's the president of the Baltimore chapter uh, of the alumni, I got him doing the program. He loves it. I got to get you guys together. He got me together with Kyle. He put me together with Andrew Bolton, who is the chapter president of the NFL alumni in Atlanta. And he put me on the phone with Bart Oates, who's a three-time, got three world uh, you know, uh, Super Bowl rings, uh, played with the center for the Giants. He's the president of the entire NFL alumni. And we finally worked out a partnership where I take care of the guys. I hook them up, just like I would do anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, right. I, Like I would yeah, do anyway. Because yeah, yeah. really, Anytime I know somebody that needs some help, whether they're famous or not, I always email and go, can you help these guys out? And, and anybody who's an entertainer that puts it, the work yeah. in, you know, it doesn't matter if they're a singer or an actor or an yes. athlete. You know who does more DDPY than me? Rich Ward, the guitar player. Yes, Fozzie, I know. Who, he, after 20 years of jumping around with a 25-pound Les Paul. And he jumps around like yes. a kid. And <laughs> he does DDP out in the parking lot before every gig because that helped his back. Yes. So it's like that's what we're saying. It's not just wrestling. No. It's everyday life and, and and when when the nfl alumni when that coming in so i can i actually put it out there my you know my daughter helps me lexi she helps me put my tweets out and stuff it's all me mm. but she helps she, me yeah, yeah. Like, here's what i want you to say blah 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 right. and someone wrote so these guys are getting it free and i have to pay for it you know he goes god they make so much money so i wrote him back some guy's name was rev I wrote him back. I'm gonna pull it up because I'll tell you exactly what I said to him. Because you know, if someone's, you know me, I'm not gonna keep my mouth shut, but I'm not gonna offend anybody. I right. want them to know from my heart. And I said, Rev, what you must not know is many of the alumni didn't make anywhere near the money the players today make. Those players put their bodies on the line. It gave me many hours of real enjoyment. It's my way of giving back, bro. Right. And he and it got back to me. He's like, dude, I totally understand. Mm-hmm. The NFL alumni Twitter reposted that, mm. retweeted that. Like I was like, I think they'd be watching because <laughs> I didn't even put them in a tweet. Right, 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 <laughs> you right, right, know? right, right. Like but he must have had it in there. So now you're saying that the, the entire alumni, well, they have um, the opportunity. Not saying they'll do oh, it. We're doing okay. something at at you know. 
the Super Bowls this week in Atlanta. Coming here, yeah. and I'm here. Our DDP Yoga Performance Center is here. So on Thursday, we're doing something for the alumni so they can come in. And I've already worked with a bunch of the guys. So they're going to come in. Scott Hall's going to be there, too. Mm-hmm. Jake Roberts is going to be there. Buff Bagwell's going to be there. If you were in town, you'd I'll be there. there. I'll tell you <laughs> something now. The, the DDP Performance Center is where we filmed the Judas video, which now has over 26 million views. 26 million. So if you've watched the video, it was filmed at your performance center when you said if you ever need to use this because it's a full-on studio if you ever need to use my studio so talk about earlier what you said savage i appreciate you and thank you for allowing us to use that and And introduce us to nathan mowry who's done all of our videos he's the best guy it's amazing work amazing (laughs) amazing amazing director so it's it all it all ties in you know high five high five (laughs) but let's let's talk about uh because i know so much we can talk about but i want to talk about your book uh, about positive and stop, and I want to talk about the challenge. Okay, because we're gonna we're gonna put this up next week as soon as we can, because there's still time to sign up for right. the challenge where you could possibly win up to one million dollars. And what we're looking—he just said that with the Austin Powers thinking to his one million dollars. <laughs> I actually have friends of mine who sent me a a picture like that. He acting like one hundred million, um, but um, this is one million dollars. Yeah, this is only one million. Yeah, yeah only right. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're looking for the best transformation physically and mentally. Like, what did you do physically? We can see. What did you do mentally? You're going to need to write. We're going to have questions, but we're also going to have an essay. You don't have to write it being a guy, a kid who grew up ADD and dyslexic. That's right. You just got to have somebody write it for you, you know? Uh, But we give it all the information. It's all that. If you go to positivelyunstoppable.com, there it is right there. It'll tell you exactly what to do. You have to be registered by the 31st of January, and then it's in 16-week time. It's not like it's you know a year. So you sign up in January, by January 31st, and then February, March, April. So by May 31st? Yep, so it's four months. Around there so, at some point? Or May no, 30th, it is. It's a, May 31st is done. So whoever are the two people, by the way, all of North America, United States and Canada. The only one we couldn't put in there was Quebec because for some reason Quebec <laughs> wouldn't let us do it. Yeah, because we were running on no time. So Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, you're not eligible. <laughs> <laughs> so bottom line is, is that um, we're going to bring those two finalists into the accountability crib. Which, by the way, if you haven't seen Resurrection oh, of Jake the Snake, you guys got to see that. It's so good. It's on Amazon Prime and it's on um, uh, Hulu and it's on, of course, iTunes. But that I, I still own that house. I don't live there anymore. And basically, what it is is that's where Jake the Snake basically turned his life around from an overweight, out of shape, I mean, drug addict. Let's be right. honest. No, really. To what he is today, which is completely changed. And I'll tell you right now, I saw Scott Hall earlier today. Best I've seen him. Looks he great, was also he? in the accountability crib. Right. And so now you can stay. By the way, it's an Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> you can stay in the Jake the Snake Roberts suite. You're going to stay in the Razor Ramon suite or the DDP suite. <laughs> I'm glad I gave you a good laugh out of that. That's great. So whoever those two finalists are, we're going to, it'll take, but when we get all, every, all the submissions will be in by May 31st. Now it's going to take a while to cabulate and figure that out. So we're figuring maybe July, the latest August, we're going to bring those two finalists 
the people that have had the best transformation physically, physically, mentally, and mentally. Yeah, with the essay and everything. And yeah, and don't we aren't even in charge of it. Like we have a company doing that. That's going to decide. I can have a, our company. Right. We don't have the time to do that. So I hired a company to do that, and then we're going to pick the you know the last couple of people because we're too close to people on our. Sure. You know, so, so the two finalists come to the accountability crew. They'll get flown in. Okay. They'll get put up five star treatment. You know, probably be, I'm sure I might be cooking them something and you know, we'll be filming everything, having fun with it. And then we're going to bring them over to the uh, DDP Yoga Performance Center and we're going to give those two contestants each a chance to win $1 million. And so how can they win a million dollars? It's going to be like... Um, It'll be like a deal or no deal, like the books thing, and you get to pick a book. The minimum it'll be is like five grand, ten grand. Right. So, so, so what yeah. you're saying, instead of suitcases, there'll be books set yes. up. Yes. You choose your book, and right. whatever's inside of that, it's there. you'll win. Right, and you'll get to see where the million bucks was. I don't want to know where the book is. I want to know nothing. <laughs> Do you remember Hogan's Heroes? So you, yeah, of course. I know nothing. <laughs> no, nothing. I don't want to know anything. <laughs> Um, so, you know, that's going to be sometime this summer. It's just another thing that we're doing, you know, yeah. it's a, another fun thing that we're doing that gets people involved and, you know, it's all, you don't have to buy positively unstoppable, but if you do, it's going to help. But let's talk about some of the stuff. Cause this is your second book. This, this is actually my third book. Third book. I did the yoga for regular guys book with my buddy, Dr. Craig Aaron, um, the, the yoga doc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, this one is, you know, a brainstorm of things that I've been thinking about like this whole time of like being able to talk to uh, whether it was Arthur or Vance Hines, the guy just lost another one, yeah, another crazy. one of your, your, your star students, 198 pounds in one year. Unbelievable. But you know, talking to them, it's all the things that I get them to understand and you understand the art of owning it at a different level. Like I, I put, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I put the rock at the top because he's the biggest star in the world. And as far as the boys well, who work next, it's you. I put me three. But you're up there, dude. No, yeah. I'm, I'm under you. But it, yeah. you're just doing stuff like you're never, you never stop. Mm -hmm. And again, you're also 48. I'm sick, gonna be 63. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so, it's, I get so proud to be involved in all the things that we're, you know, we're doing because it's indirectly crosses over all the time so the art of owning it and again we talked about the rock a second ago no one understands it like him like he has he can write uh what, is your, what is your definition of owning it it is whatever you want it to be you know it's like it's that that inner voice it's that story you tell yourself it's like me starting out saying i'm gonna i'm gonna work with the nfl in some way i don't know how it is it turned out to be NFL alumni. They need me more than anything. When I sat down here in Atlanta for the second time to move back here, I'm going to work with the Atlanta Falcons. When I got off of Joe Rogan's show, I got a call from Sean, who's a strength coach down at uh, WWE Performance Center. He said, Brooks Reed wants to talk to you. You mind pick up the phone? And Brooks Reed is NFL? Yes. Because you've done well, a lot of stuff at the Performance Center for the WWE as well. WWE, yeah. exactly. So he tells me that Brooks, who plays linebacker, and I know who he is. I actually met him 10 years ago when he was in Arizona. But he wants to do your program. He wants to do your program. And I'm like, give me his phone number. <laughs> I, I'm doing another thing to do something with veterans, with Randy Couture, which is about a month ago. Ben Garland's a starting offensive guard. He walks over to me and goes, DDP, I heard what you're doing. 
you know, uh, like know more about it. I said to him, I said, what do you do in your off time? He said, rehab. I said, <laughs> I, rehab I, said I got some shit for you. <laughs> so is Positively Unstoppable, is it more, is it a self-help book? Are you telling stories about your career or? A little bit, a little bit of my, but the, the start parts I'm talking about are the adversities that I overcame. You know, because it doesn't, I don't care about the story. There's got to be the story where you overcame something. And then I explain to them how they can do it. But I'm not just explaining my story. I bring in Arthur and Christina and so many people that were really on the dark side and thought, like, there's no help. Right. Like, for These Arthur. people that are barely mobile, well, can you know, hardly walk. Mentally, even more, both. It's Get a combination. Down, right? Yeah. Like, Arthur, when I talk to him, I explain to him as, as important as the. The DDPY program is as important as the eating plan is. That's 10% of the equation. The 90% is between your ears. Like the 90% is that inner voice. The 90% is that story you tell yourself. A great example would be Hall of Fame. I hadn't been out in front of that crowd in where I'm going to speak. Oh, speak for 27 minutes in 15 years. Now, the story that could have been going through my head oh my God, I haven't been out in front of a crowd like this in years. What if, what if I freeze? What if I forget what I'm going to say? What if, I, what if I don't get a reaction? What if, I, what if I, what if I, what if I, what if I? Or it could have been the story I had in my brain. This is going to be the best thing I've ever done. I want to blow people away. I want to make them laugh. I'm going to make them cry. I want to inspire them. That's the only voice in my brain. Because I also know I work four months on that speech. You know, and it's going to be Preparation with improvisation. Mm -hmm. And it's not just me telling people, it's me showing you how you can do it. And that to me is like giving someone the gift of the knowledge like Dusty gave me and Jake gave me. Giving them the knowledge that they can own it is a whole different level of like crazy satisfaction. Last uh, couple things. I'm looking at the Hall of Fame ring. You mentioned it. Did you have any interaction with Vince McMahon at the Hall of Fame? I, I walked up to him and I grabbed him and I hugged him. And if you go back <laughs> and when I hugged him, I said, Vince, I want to thank you for everything. Because I mean it going all the way back to our meeting when we first met. Like what I should have done, you taught me that I do. Like it made it made me... I, I, my, my business is like, I can't even explain to you how it's, it's, it's through the roof. It's, it's just continuing to constantly grow. Yeah. It's through the roof. You know, and it's, it's because it's real. And Vince helped me on so many different levels by watching him growing up as a kid, but talking to him and, and then just going through some of the adversity, you know, like I told Cody, you got to fall down. You got to make mistakes. That's how you become really good. You know, it was Einstein who said, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, that's a definition of insanity. Mm -hmm. Figuring out how, okay, how do I change that? How do I fix that? How do I get better? And Vince taught me a lot of that. Vince told me once, he goes, he, he got mad at me about something. He's like, damn it, I'm not just trying to tell you wrestling lessons. I'm trying to give you life lessons. And I learned a lot of life lessons from that guy. Right. And with all the ups and downs or whatever people think or don't think, He's a genuine, smart guy with a great heart. He cares about the people that work for him. No, I, yeah, and I wish to God I could have spent more time with yeah. him. Yeah, I mean, I really do. Um, but it, what I got, I got, and it was it was great. And 
I was super, uh, you know, inside this ring. And I always tell people this. Inside this ring, it says work ethic equals dreams, explanation point, DDP. Nice. Is that is that a, a custom-made thing? Well, they, they, they do an inscription. Oh, so do you tell them what you want in yeah, there? Yeah, like, the black oh. guys put their name, the date, or whatever. That's great. Yeah, and she went, uh, God, what's her name? I can't think of it. Sue? Uh, the gray-haired woman. Uh, 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 Sue, uh, Sue Aitchison. Sue Aitchison. Yeah. What a sweetheart. Yeah, she's what the a best. sweet lady. She's been, she's been there like 40 years. Yes, now, so. I know, man. And she goes, you know, I've never heard of that Dallas, before. Dallas, what do you want put in your description? <laughs> she's like Scotland or something. She went, oh, I really like that. It's really good. <laughs> Last two questions. Uh, quickly, is this the truth that you were the guy who drove Honky Tonk Man and Peggy Sue to the ring? Yes, I and, did. Uh, was that WrestleMania 2? WrestleMania 6. WrestleMania 6. Was it like, how did you get that gig? Yeah. I always heard that, but I, I watched it. I think I see you, but it was like in the pink Cadillac. <sighs> so remember I told you that Jake was the first one that, you know, that pulled me mm -hmm, back in. Mm -hmm. While I am a huge fan, he comes into my club in Fort Myers, Florida. Now, this is a huge club. Right. Thousand people, you know, I walk up to him, you're like, don't run up because Joe we cool. So uh hey, are you uh Jake Snake Roberts? Who wants to know? <laughs> the guy who runs his place. Yeah. I said, So what are we drinking? And you know we didn't pay for a drink. Mm. Ted DiBiase shows up. After that, uh Bushwhackers, Luke and I become really good friends. So he's at my club and he's looking at my pink Cadillac. He's like, Diamond, uh, Pat, he's looking, he's looking for something for, for the for the honky tonk man. You know, he, he, want, he wants to have him run, run him to the ring. Hold, hold on, let me call him. The call's perfect. <laughs> Pretty good, right? He's talking about Pat? What? He, he wants to call Pat? Yeah, he call Pat Patterson. <laughs> That's a good yeah, Kiwi so, accent. So he, so he gets him. <laughs> he gets me on the phone with Pat. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to understand something that. Freddie Blassie, because of Lee Marshall, mm. brought my videotape when I'm in the AWA to freaking Pat Patterson mm. to watch. Pat watches and goes, Sam, like the kid, he's got a good look, he's got a good rap, but he's like Andre the Giant is a manager. Too, Too big. big. Done. <laughs> Great but, point. You know, you're six foot six? Well, six four, legit, okay, but, but my cowboy boots back then, I was like <laughs> six seven. So, so, um, so um, he says, you know, he knew who I was. He's all Dallas. He goes, well, well, how much will the car cost? I said, nothing if you let me drive it to the ring and fly me up there. He said, done. So the car got the gig. I just happened to be driving the car. Did they ship the car they up? They had to ship it. the car up. They shipped the car up. That was Toronto. That was Toronto. I remember because I bought a pair of zebra skin boots, cowboy boots there. <laughs> Of course he did. <laughs> uh, you know, and you wore them outside of your jeans. Too. Yes. That's how it used to work. Dude, I, I have a picture of me in my pink Cadillac and my fuchsia pink fuchsia Harley with three diamond dolls, ripped jeans in my knees. It's 1988. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like me when I wore to high school every day without the diamond dolls of the pink Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> so last question for you, man. You've had so many of them. Uh, is there one match in your mind that stands out to you as your favorite match that you've ever had? <sighs> or a few of them at least? Well, of course, the Savage match would be, you know, at the top of the realm because of the world title match yeah. with Sting and... You know, for Hogan and, and Nature Boy, you know, and Nate's taking 
taken the cutter, you know. Mm. So glad I I never thanked him because me and him weren't always eye to eye, but you know, I always loved him. He's in his own know? world sometimes. Yeah, but I but I always loved him, <laughs> yeah. loved him, loved him, and you know, and 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 we had straightened it out like eight years ago. I saw we were doing a signing together. And he he was the main event, of course, because he just come off the balloon drop and everything. Mm -hmm. And I watched that, and I'm thinking, you know, I never wanted to dislike this guy. Mm -hmm. I love this guy, and I don't want to feel this way. And I just thought I'm going to try and fix this. So he walked in the door, and of course, people swarmed him. But after they swarmed him, I was standing there. He's like, "Hey, Diamond," I said, "Hey, Nate, can I talk to you for a second? He's like, "Sure." I pulled him off the side. I said, listen, man, I know over the years me and you have had heat. He goes, oh, Diamond, don't worry about that. I go, Nate, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. I want to try and fix it. Mm -hmm. So um, I said, I said, I said, I'm not worried about Nate. I want to try and fix it. I said, I know that over the years that I've said some things. I know you've said some things. I go, I don't know how it happened. I go, because I don't know how the heat started because I love the nature boy. I go, I don't want to feel like this. I go, what I'd love to do is, man, I said, I'd love to try and start all over again. I said, I'm Diamond Dallas Page. Mm -hmm. And I put my hand out. And he popped, and he gave me the big <laughs> hug and kissed my forehead. God bless you, brother. You know, God bless and, you, sir. And I never thanked him properly for putting me over for that world championship mm. title because that was the one, you know, that really means the most. And going back when I got inducted in the Hall of Fame, I almost, I almost told him when Dusty passed because we both ended up in the same hotel. And he came up, DDP, and gave me a big hug, introduced him to Brenda. He loved my wife, Brenda. Of course he did. And of course he did. <laughs> but that night, we got drunk as skunks, had a great time, and I almost, I was like, Dusty set that up. You know, because it was way out of, way from everybody, and we just happened to be in the same deal. Dusty's funeral? Yeah, it was down. Yeah, for the his, hotel for his yes, funeral. Yes, memorial. Yeah. And everybody else was downtown. We went out there, and what had happened was when I saw him at lunch, when I was leaving, I just said to the waitress, who don't let him pay for it, put it on my bill. So I've left, you know, nobody pays for flair stuff because he's the guy who pays. <laughs> so I didn't tell him. I come back in from the funeral and I hear DDP, you son of a bitch. Nobody pays for the nature boy. You're drinking and eating all night and you know, screaming across the thing. So that night we got we got pretty plowed out. And I almost thanked them then, but I thought that's going to be like drunk girl calling, mm -hmm. you know, and not, it, it, there's got to be another time. And I honestly thought to myself, someday I'm going in the Hall of Fame, someday. And I'm going to thank him then. Mm -hmm. And being able to give him a chance to, to thank him properly. What's crazy is that on that Monday night, I was getting ready to go to upstairs to the hotel room and he saw me and he called me over to the bar and he said, hey, Sit down, have a drink. So I'm having a drink with him. He goes, what time's your flight tomorrow? I said, 7.30. Oh, God, who booked that? I go, not me. He goes, tomorrow, you still live in Atlanta? I go, yeah. He goes, tomorrow, you're not going to take that flight. You and Brenda, I got a Learjet. You're flying with me. I'm taking you home. That's cool. 
And uh, I was like, Nate, I got all these bags. He goes, I don't care. Federal Express them. <laughs> so bottom line is it was like amazing Hall of Fame thing. Limousine, Learjets, and it was my birthday. Mm. And when he found out that, he wouldn't take me home. <laughs> Took me out, dinner. It was really amazing. So that's super special. But the, the working matches that I'm the, I feel the best about, of course, Goldberg, because Goldberg was working a year and a half at that time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Super green, But right. my favorite match was with Sting when I dropped the world title to him. And it was the last quarter hour WCW ever won. Mm. And um, we were going home, and the ref goes, you got five more minutes. And we're going home. And I just grabbed Sting and threw a go, go with it. And he thought I was taking advantage of him. He was mad because we're going home and I'm changing the finish. And we got outside and eventually I start choking him. I go, we got five more minutes. And it was the best because we had worked together so many times. And you know this magic. When you've got someone you work with like that, um, it just... It was the best. I think it was. A, I think it's one of the best matches ever on Nitro, as far as the height, what it meant, the world title. I had. I went for my finish a bunch of times. He went for his a bunch of times, and then right when I went for mine, I had him. I had him turn it around. I backed him in the corner, and I went to hit him, and he held on, and I went to pull him, and he held on, and then he hooked and hit me with the uh, mm -hmm. that drop, and it was it was a great match. Well, dude, like I said, man, we could talk for hours, and I appreciate to you once again all the stuff you've done, not just for me, but worldwide with DDPY. Like, you've really made a difference. Thank you, bro. So, Positively Unstoppable, go sign up because you could win a million dollars. This is not some kind of a, of no. a work. This is real. It's real. It's, it's a million dollars coming out of your pocket. You've got to count it out in hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know all the strategic things. I just know they can win it. <laughs> dude. But hey, if you go, yeah, go on Amazon, if you're going to get the book, Go to Amazon, and after you've read the book, Positively Unstoppable, write a review. I'd love to hear what you got to say. Brother, it is always... Always a pleasure. And we'll see you on Jericho Cruise Part 2. Absolutely. Look at my Kirk. I'm going to join you this time. Absolutely. I'll be so hung over doing uh, DDPY with you. Now, you're going to make it this no, time? I'll try. I called... No, 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 no. <laughs> I've called you out because you won't... Yes. Last time I ended up in the infirmary getting my... <laughs> <laughs> I stitched. I got hit in the head with a guitar. I couldn't make it to DDP. <laughs> all right, bro. Love you, man. I thanks, dude. You. All right, thanks to DDP for all the great stories. He's such a great guest. Uh, you still have time to enter the Positively Unstoppable Challenge for your shot at $1 million. Do it by Thursday and change your life for the better. Enter at PositivelyUnstoppable.com and win the chance to get a $1 million, okay, as uh, Paige described. Also, talking about chances, here's your chance right now to win one of the awesome Steven Singer Gold Dip Roses right now. All you need to do, just tweet me at Talk is Jericho and say, hook me up with the best rose ever, and then use the hashtag, I hate Steven Singer. That's Steven with a V, I hate Steven Singer. That's the hashtag. Tweet me at Talk is Jericho and say, hook me up with the best rose ever. I'm picking 12 winners at random tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern. So again, winners will be chosen at random on Thursday, January 31st at 9 p.m. Eastern time, 6 Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 Central, uh, 3.30 uh, Newfoundland time. I don't know. Don't forget to use the hashtag, I hate Steven Singer. All right. Coming up on Friday, more free Steven Singer roses. Yet we're giving away another dozen 24-karat gold dip roses to 12 more lucky winners. 
We're going crazy, man. These are so very, very cool. The Gold Dip Roses. I've also got Three Days Grace for the first time ever on Talk is Jericho. They just set the record for the most number one songs in uh, modern rock history. All right, when you talk about rock radio, they've got more number ones than Van Halen. Okay, so it's a perfect Friday. Three Days Grace, Free Roses. Actually, we're going to have a quick visit from Steven Singer. He's going to check in as well. Who loves you, baby? Chris Jericho here. I want you to have a great, great week. Have a great day. In the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. And a big yeah, boy. We'll see you on Friday for Three Days Grace and Steven Singer Roses. And thanks to DDP. Feel the bang. Yeah, bro. Oh, yeah.